You're pumped up, psyched up, ready to go? I don't believe you. Are you pumped up, psyched up, ready to go? All right, well, stand to your feet. Come on, everyone, on your feet. I do this right around the world, everywhere I've been. 17 nations, I do this everywhere. So uh, this is a a little exercise. This is going to set you free tonight. All right, turn to the person next to you and say, this is going to change your life. All right, so what you've got to do, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to shout at the top of your lungs, pumped up, psyched up, ready to go. All right? Don't worry, there's nothing spiritual. So if you're a bit religious, there's nothing spiritual in this. All right, so pumped up, psyched up, ready to go. But this is how you don't do it, okay? You don't do it like this. Pumped up, psyched up, ready to go. All right? This is how you do it. You go, pumped up, psyched up, ready to go! Now, feel free to stand on chairs. Feel free, maybe you want to give a little tap on your feet and jump. You might want to do a little tap dance. Tonight you can bust free because you can be free in church. Church is a place of fun and freedom. Amen? So are you ready? All right, I want to hear a loud, pumped up, psyched up, ready to go. I want you to jump. I want you to pump your fist. Ready? One, two, three. Grab your seats. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I did it with about... (laughs) See, some of you are feeling set free already. Here we can go home. Amen. I did that uh, in July with about 30 church planters in Poland. And uh, in their kind of funny English, Actually, that was more Asian, wasn't it? Oriental. Anyway... But uh, it is so good to be here. Um, I have had such a fun day with your church. And, uh, you know, don't you love Phil? Isn't he phenomenal? Phenomenal Phil. (laughs) And uh, I feel really at home. And if I lived in Mansfield, this is where I would be. And, uh, but there is, there's just something raw about this. I, I had the privilege just before we left Australia to take a team of about 30 people and plant a church that didn't exist before. And I know this is a little bit different. You, you had a church here that you repurposed. But we planted a church that didn't exist before. And it was kind of in a, in a place like this, in a school. And it was raw. And people came and we just talked about the love of Jesus and how Jesus died for every person. And he rose again so that every person can have a faith in Jesus and can be saved and have relationship with God and people just we just preach the gospel people got saved and it was so much similar to this I love it do you love it yeah. oh, I hope you do and uh, you know it was just uh, wasn't the worship team great they did an awesome job and and uh, you know I just love being here but I, hey, I've only got about 20 minutes and if my wife were here she would be she would say that is going to be a miracle <laughs> can you believe with me tonight yeah, I hope so. Uh, so, um, really quickly, I, I want to preach a word tonight. It's called the deeper place. Everyone say deeper. deeper. No, no, no. You've got to do a real, real, real deep voice. So come on, women. All right. Deeper. All right. 
So I'm going to preach a message called The Deeper Place. But just before I do that, uh, as, as Phil said, uh, three and a half years ago, four years ago, we um, felt God to stir our hearts about leaving where we were and uh, coming to take on a church in England. And I shared a lot of that journey this morning. So uh, I think there might be a podcast that you can get to hear more of that journey. Uh, but basically, the, <laughs> you want to summarize 50 minutes of preaching into this, faith is simply do it, believing that God's going to do what he says. All right, that's it. All right, faith is simply believing that God is going to do what he says. And the great thing I've found in my life of being a follower of Jesus is he tells me everything he's going to do in this book. So he doesn't make it hard for me because I'm pretty simple. Us Aussies, we're pretty simple, a bit flow. It's <laughs> truth. And, uh, you know, so basically, he's given us a whole book where he has told us what he's going to do who you are and what he wants to see happen in your life. And as I read these pages, as I read these words, faith comes by and every time I hear literally, it's like the words jump out into my ears and faith stirs and I say, no, I'm not going to live by circumstance. I'm going to live by what God says and believe he can do what he says. And really, that's, that, if you look at the Israelites, the Israelites were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. And there was a time where they wanted, God wanted them to press into something new. The reality is for your life, God is always wanting you to press into something new. If you are stagnant, if you are stopping still in your faith, something's not right. You should always be taking a step. You should be always moving forward. And I found when God wants you to move forward, it's always a challenge of faith. And so he wants the Israelites to move forward into a promised land. And there are promises that God has for you. But here's the thing. They got scared and they thought they couldn't do it. But God says, come on, you can. Now, 12 people were sent to look at this land. 10 came back and said, we can't. But two said, yes, we can. Why? Because they believed that God could do what he said. Unfortunately, the other 10... Bad move. They didn't believe that God was going to do what he said. And unfortunately, they died and they missed out on the promises of what God had for them. But here's what the Bible says in Numbers 13. It says that they took contempt for God. That word contempt means basically that they didn't believe that he had the power to do what he said. Come on now. If we can believe that God is going to do what he says, we will live radical lives. Amen? Who wants to live a radical life? I certainly do. So tonight, I want to talk about living in a deeper place. God brought us to Birmingham. Come on, Birmingham. I love this great city of Birmingham. And uh, we're seeing God do amazing things in that city and also throughout the UK. I love working for Phil. I work for Phil. I work with him, but I work for him as part of the AOG. And he's a great boss. And that's why he's phenomenal. So... (laughs) Luke chapter 5. Open your Bibles. Luke chapter 5. Everyone say deeper place. Say it with a deep voice. Oh, that is. You guys are awesome tonight. I'm telling you, there is a breakthrough happening. Oh, man. So uh, one of the the benefits of living in Australia is uh, a thing that I don't get to see much in Birmingham. It's called a beach. In Australia, where I lived, it wasn't a matter of, are we going to go to the beach? It was, which beach out of the 11 that we live near shall we go to? I know, tough. (laughs) Suffering for Jesus. 
And, you know, should we go to the one with the caves? Should we go to the one with the rock pools? Should we go to the real surfy beach? Should we go, you know, it was just all, all the different ones. And, uh, and so it was a case of which, and so I grew up loving the beach. And, um, and, and, and it was just a great, I just love the beach. It's, one, it's the one thing I miss. There's not too many things I miss, but I miss the beach. And, uh, and so one of the things I loved about that is I used to do a little bit of snorkeling. And uh, what, what you would do, and everyone know what snorkeling is? Yeah, you put the funny goggles on and you've got the sort of sound like Darth Vader. Luke, I am your father. And uh, so what happens is you put the goggles on, you put the pipe in and you swim, you start in the shallow water. But of course, that's not the best snorkeling. Do you know that? If I put my head down in the shallow water, I would just see sand and seaweed. And uh, to go get good snorkeling, you would have to swim out into the Oh, come on, you're working well with me tonight. I would have to swim out into the... We're on fire. And once I got out past the shallow water and I got into the deep water, then I could put my head under a bit more. And it was unbelievable. Have you seen the movie Finding Nemo? I know. Little Nemo's everywhere. They're good on the barbecue too. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) Some of you are going, oh, you evil man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, but it was beautiful. You, the, the color of the, the, the coral and the fish. And it was just amazing as you would stick your head under and see the beauty of what God's creation is under the water. But you don't see that in the shallow end. I grew up with a pool in our backyard in Sydney, and it was quite a big pool, and it had a diving board. And as a youngster, my mum would teach me to swim at the shallow end. And of course, once you grow, I got a bit bigger, I could stand at the shallow end. But of course, no, there's not much fun at the shallow end. Where does everyone want to be? At the deep end, baby. That's where the fun is. That's where the diving board is. And so growing up, as soon as I was old enough, I had my bowl of cereal. I put my cape on like Superman and I went off that diving board. It was awesome. I'm telling you, the deep place is where you want to live. Amen. Luke chapter 5. Let's hear a story about Jesus taking his disciples to a deeper place. And the the reality is for you and I tonight. It doesn't matter where you're at. Maybe you came to the concert last Sunday and that was your first experience of church and tonight you're going to just hear a bit more about Jesus. Maybe in the last couple of weeks you've made a decision to have faith in Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to church all your life and you've got a relationship with Jesus. But here's the thing I've found. It doesn't matter whether you're at that, you're the person that came last week or you're the person that's been here for 40 years, there is always more to get to know about Jesus. And I love it. Every day I get to know more about Jesus. And so it doesn't matter where you're at in your journey of faith tonight, this applies for every single one of us because he wants us to get to know him more and he wants us just to take that step a bit further and go a little bit oh come on this is great one day jesus was standing by the lake of gensederate with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of god he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets he got into one of the boats one belonging to simon and asked him to put out a little bit from shore then he sat down and taught the people from the boat When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into deep water and let your nets let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, everyone say master. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled their partners of the other boats to come across to give them a hand. And they, and they filled them up so much so that they both began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell, in, he fell at his, Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinner. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were uh, James and John's and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. They pulled up their boats onto the shore. They left everything and followed him. Wow, what an amazing experience. What a story. I love this story. I just think this, this moment transformed Simon, who became Peter, transformed his life. This one moment. And that's the amazing thing I find with Jesus. Just one moment. One moment of faith to actually step into the deeper place and it can transform your life. And maybe tonight that's where you're at. It's just Jesus saying, come on, trust me. Come on, trust me. There's something more I have for you. There's something I want to show you of who I am and about what I'm about and what I've got for your life. And this is a great story of faith because Peter starts off and he's been out fishing all night and he hasn't caught a thing. Now, uh, I, you've got to imagine every, this, is his, this is his income, this is his business, this is everything that he relies on. He feeds his family and he's been out and he's caught absolutely nothing. Do you think he was a little grumpy? Yeah. He was probably a little frustrated. He was probably a little grumpy and thinking, man... Oh, this, this has been a wasted day. I haven't caught a thing. My, this isn't a good day for business. And so he's washing his nets, probably in a little frustration. And then some guy named Jesus, who Peter and Simon had heard about, gets into his boat. And he says, just, just push, push out a bit, Peter. See, here's the thing. Jesus will always want to push you out of your comfort zone. He will always, that's what faith is about. Faith is a continual journey out of your comfort zone of what you trust in and what you rely on. What this is symbolizing is Jesus saying, Peter, I know you trust in this boat. Peter, I know you trust in this for your income and your provision. Peter, I know you trust in this for your family. Peter, I know this represents everything you trust. I want you to go out a little bit further. I want you to leave the shallow water. See, the shallow water is safe. I can stand up in the shallow water. I'm secure in the shallow water. I'm pretty safe. There's not many sharks in the shallow water. Talking Australia. (laughs) But once you leave the shallow place, you go into the unknown. But I tell you what, it's a place of beauty underneath. There's so much more in the deeper place. And Jesus wants you and I to be on a continual journey of going, you know what, Jesus I know it's a bit scary out there. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to go because I'm going to trust you with my life. Do you know what faith is? I said at the start, it's simply believing that God's going to do what he says. And this Bible is full of thousands of promises about what he says he's going to do for you and what he's already done. Amen. And believing what he says. But faith is simply trust. It's total trust. Absolute total trust in God. Not in your 
self-reliance and your ability to bring an income in and your strength. It's actually not leaning on your wisdom and your understanding. It's actually totally saying, God, you know what? You are everything I need. And you are enough for me and all I need is you. Amen? And so here's Peter. Peter's wrestling, I reckon, at this moment. He's going, what? I've been fishing all night. And now he wants me to go out into a deep place. Doesn't he know I've been, you know, I'm an expert fisherman. He would have fished those waters all the time. He would have known the currents. He would have known that fish weren't biting. There's no fish. So the circumstances in this situation for Peter, everything says don't go back out. Often Jesus will ask you to do something that you think is totally crazy. Like go and live in Birmingham from Australia. <laughs> if you try and rationalize your faith, you're going you're gonna to struggle. You're going you're gonna to just always be living in this limbo of just confusion and trying to work it all out. Guess what? You can't work it out. You know what I found? I talk to my non-Christian friends and they so much want to control their life. <laughs> the reality is it's, so, it's, it's, so, uh, it's a paradox. They can't control their life. There's only one person in control of life and death and that's God. <laughs> so you may as well put your trust in him. That's what I say to them. The only person in control is God. We're not in control. This was an issue of control for Peter. Here he is. Oh, this, this is my world that is so, I'm in control of all this. This is, I can, I can, I can work this. This is mine. I, I can do this. But Jesus says, you know what, Peter, I want you to leave all the control behind. I want you to leave all your self-reliance behind. I want you to leave everything and I want you to show you something. I want to show you something more than you could ever see in the, in the shoreline. Come out to the deep water. Are you with me tonight? Come out to the deep water. And you know the story as it goes on. But I love this. What does he say? He says, Master, we've worked all night and we haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, I will do it. You know, if you forget everything else I say tonight and you go home going pumped up, psyched up, ready to go in the car park, that's cool. But the one thing I want you to remember, when you face any decision this week, think, Jesus, what do you say? Jesus, what do you say? And if you can find the answer to that, then you'll know what to do. In any given circumstance, whether it's to do with relationships, finances, or to do with any decision that you've got to make, just go, well, maybe it's your parenting or your marriage. Just go, Jesus, what do you say? And as soon as you hear that thing, then you'll be obedient on that, and that's faith. Because that's what Peter did here. He said, Jesus, I don't understand. I know there's no fish. I've worked my guts out all night and I've caught nothing. Everything on my understanding of being an expert fisherman says that there are no fish out there. Everything, the facts are stacked against what you're telling me to do. But because you say so, I'm going to go. Come on now. When you can reach a place like that, and I'm challenged myself, I want to live there every day. But if we can live there every day going, God, I don't understand, but because you say so, And again, that's why you've got to know the word, because you've got to know what he says. But if you know what he says, then you can stand on it and you go. Because you say so. And they went out to the deeper place and they saw a miracle. See, it's in the deeper place that you see miracles. You don't see it in the shoreline. You don't see it in the safe place. You don't see it in the comfort zone. It's in the deep place that you see the miracles. It's in the deep place you see amazing things that you would never see on the shoreline. It's in the deep place where God wants to show you who he is. 
and everything about him. Two things really about the deeper place. The first thing is you see Jesus in the deeper place. Here's Jesus. I can almost see him pleading with Peter. Peter, come with me. I've got something out in the deep water that if you can just see it, I'm going to show you my power. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you that I am the son of God. I'm going to show you that Jesus Christ is all powerful and can control the fish and can can provide for everything where you think it's empty. I can fill it. Jesus basically saying, I can do anything. The amazing thing about this story, Peter on the shoreline, is, is at a distance from Jesus. And he's hearing Jesus teach. You turn up every Sunday, you hear someone preach about Jesus. Maybe you read your Bible, you hear about Jesus. And here's Peter at a distance hearing Jesus. And the word he uses there, master. He says, master, we fished all night. The, the Greek word for that is epistat. And that word basically means uh, that he is a good teacher, a person of authority. And so Peter is acknowledging that Jesus is a good teacher, that he is a person of authority while he's on the shoreline. Are you with me tonight? And, and I don't know where you're at. Maybe you think Jesus is, um, you know, a prophet. Maybe you think he is um, a good teacher. Maybe you think he was really good to the poor. Maybe you think he's a healer. Maybe you think he's the savior of the world. <laughs> Maybe you think he is the son of God who came to lay his life down. I don't know what you think about Jesus. But for Peter, right at that point, all he could see, all he knew of Jesus, was that he was a person of authority that could teach a bit, told good stories. But all of a sudden, Jesus says, no, 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 Peter, you got it all. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter, if I could just... Oh, there's so much more of who I am that I want you to see. There's so much more of who I am that I want you to fall in love with. And you're not going to see it on the shoreline. You're not going to see it while you're at a distance from me. You've got to step into the deeper place to see all of who I am. You've got to trust me totally. And so Peter says, all right, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm scared. I don't know how it's going to work out. All the circumstances look the opposite, but I'm coming. And then... The fish starts streaming into the boat. They call for their partners. The boat starts to sink. They catch thousands of fish. Come on. How good is our Jesus? He can command the fish. I'd like to go fishing with him, I think. Then he says this. Peter falls to the the knees of Jesus. When was the last time you fell on your knees in awe of Jesus Christ? Jesus, you are so awesome. You are the son of God who left heaven to come down and be crucified, smashed on a cross, gave your life for me so that I might have forgiveness of my sin. When was the last time you fell on your knees just in total surrender of who Jesus Christ is? He's not some guy in a storybook. He is the son of the living God who gave his life for you and I. And he wanted Peter to go to the deeper place, not because of the fish, but because he wanted to change Peter's perception and understanding of who Jesus is. Peter falls to his feet and he uses the word Lord. He says, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Go away from me. He realizes who Jesus is. 
See, in the deeper place, when it's just you and him, that's when you realize who he is. Not at the shoreline, not in the shallow place. It's in the deeper place. That word Lord in the Greek means kurios. It means supreme controller. It means all authority. It means total master, total absolute Lord of my life. Lord, ruler. Can you see the journey Peter's just been on? From the shoreline where he was distant from Jesus. Good teacher, person of authority. I acknowledge that. Yeah, this church thing, I get it. But then he goes on a journey to the deeper place where he sees who Jesus really is. Can't help but fall to his knees just in awe of the power and the might of who Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is. And he uses the word Lord. He says, that's it. That's it, Jesus. You are it. You're the Lord, supreme controller. I'm leaving my boat. I'm leaving everything. Everything I trust in, my comfort zone, my safety, my shoreline, it's gone. You're it. You're everything. You're all I need. There's nothing else I want. Oh, once you've had a deeper place experience, you don't want to go back to the shoreline, baby. There's nothing there that compares to what it is with Jesus Christ when you see who he really is. I'm not talking to you go to church. I'm not even talking to you read your Bible. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know him? I'm not saying to you come to church, you pray, all those things are good and read your Bible. That's how you get to know him. But do you get on your knees in your bedroom when no one else is around and just go, Jesus, just you and me. Show me who you are. And fall in love with him every day over and over again. I've had that today. I've been away on holidays for two weeks. It's my first time in church for three weeks. Oh, I missed it. The presence of God is so good. Now you can get that anywhere, but there's something powerful when we come together too, isn't it? Amen. He goes on a journey and he goes from being distant to actually seeing who Jesus is. And then the final thing, first thing is you're going to see who Jesus really is. The second thing is he says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. Here's the other thing that happens in the deeper place. Jesus speaks to your future. He speaks to who he sees you to be. He does. You don't have to worry about your future. You don't have to be anxious or concerned about it. You just get in that deep place and Jesus will tell you and show you. He says to Peter, hey, forget the fish. Now you're going to catch men. And I just wonder, I just wonder, you know, my brain kind of goes a bit funny. I'm maybe too much time in the sun in Australia. But <laughs> I, think, I wonder, in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit's poured out, Peter stands up and, preaches like he's never preached before because he's filled with this power that's supernatural and he preaches he goes you know the guy that you killed the guy that you crucified you hung him on a tree you nailed him to the cross but guess what it was all part of his plan it's okay don't feel bad it was all part of his plan he's risen again and now through the gospel through his power through his resurrection all men can be saved and he preaches this amazing message three thousand people get saved I'm telling you, forget this room. Get out on the stadium, baby. <laughs> 3,000 people in one message. Who thinks that's a large catch? I just wonder, as Peter saw the response of the people that day, whether he thought back to this moment when Jesus said, Peter, from now on, you'll catch men. Ah, oh, you know, in the deeper place, Jesus wants to speak to your future. 
He wants to speak to all that he can see for your life. All that he can see who you are. Not what you've come from, not what you've been through. Guess what? He set you free from that. He created you in your mother's womb. He has plans and purposes for you. And he knows your days are ordained. He knows the steps that he wants you to take. And when we get in the deeper place, he will speak to who you really are. Your identity is transformed in the deeper place. It's in the deeper place where you actually get to know who you really are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand up? I'm done. I've got to hand back to Pastor Phil in a moment. There's just one thing I want to do tonight. I'm going to ask maybe keyboarders come and play, yeah? What's your name again? Kev! Kev. I'm going to say thanks.